At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 204. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot. Got a big blister on my finger. I was telling you off air. I've been chewing up tile, not literally chewing, but with a hammer and a, and a oh my God, pry bar. And I just, I keep going at it, but like my finger is telling me, you got to stop, buddy, but I want to get it done. And I've got a big blister right where the index finger folds with the palm. Not good. Or the top of the palm, that is. Not good right now. Now, as someone who was once a mediocre high school baseball player, I too would also get very a lot of those blisters. So I, I feel your pain. That is not fun, especially like right where the finger bends. Like that's such a tough spot because you hit it so often you don't realize. Exactly. So I need to take uh, that a page out of your book, I guess, and use some batting gloves. That'll work. You could do that. Or, or maybe work gloves if I was smart. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, totally fine. I think those exist, right? Sure. What's going on with you, man? Uh, not a whole lot. I, uh, well, I, I, I nerded out a little bit today, Mitch. I, okay. I was, I'll, I'll let the listener know. Uh, peek behind the curtain. I was late to record the podcast because I was uh, chipping away at an Excel spreadsheet. And my accountant of a girlfriend, I'm sure, is very proud of me. But I I don't know. I was just nerding out. I needed to get some data going and uh, lost track of time, Mitch. Using functions and uh, conditional formatting and all that good stuff. Yes. I, I, I wouldn't go that far. We were doing about a- averages and sums and stuff. So. Hey, got to start somewhere, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, before we get started, we uh, we have something to talk about again, Mitch. Apparently so. Well, we got a new, sp- not a new sponsor, but an old sponsor coming back again. Absolutely. So summer's here. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Well, you're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas or ladies. So join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with code FANSIDED20. Mitch, I know you use that thing all the time. You love it, right? Love it. I got the 4.0 and it's... I didn't think there'd be much of an improvement. Like, there's nowhere else to go from the 3.0, I thought. But like this one... It took me a bit, though. Like, you have to, to click once. It's a weird click to, to turn the machine on. I thought I turned, like, didn't know what the hell I was doing and couldn't turn it on for the life of me. I was just being an idiot. So when you get your 4.0, and you should, and use the code FANSIDE20, make sure to click it properly. So it's just a firm click to start, and you're good to go. Absolutely. Got to love it. And listen, it, it's summer body season. You know, you got to take care. You got to keep it looking good, right? Everyone loves looking at the this this very thin frame full of ink. <laughs> at least I've got the tattoos to kind of make me look big. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Love that. 
Uh, so now that we got that out of the way, Mitch, we could jump right in and get into today's episode, which uh, we're going to have a lot to get into because it's hashtag expansion draft season. And uh, the Islanders have to submit a list of protected players to the Seattle Kraken. I almost pulled a Mitch and said Vegas Golden Knights, but I didn't. Um, in just a couple of days here. So I think what we were going to do is kind of make our, our own list, talk through why that player should or should not be protected, who we think could be picked, all that fun stuff. So uh, let's get into it, Mitch. Yeah, I think the first thing we need to mention just right off the hop here is the Islanders have no auto-protects. They have no full no-move clauses on the roster. So there's no one like last time around, even Andrew Ladd. Even Andrew Ladd does not have a full no-move anymore. And so there's no auto-protects. So they can do whatever they want. Yeah, they can absolutely get creative with it. There's some obvious ones in there. Uh, I guess we should probably start with uh, some exempts. So, like, you don't have to worry about Ilya Sorokin, Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson. Uh, is there anyone else who I'm forgetting off the top of my head that's important on the exempt list? I'm just pulling up the list here. Not really, right? Like, Ilya Sorokin is the big one outside of Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson. But then you have a lot of players that, like, Johnny Boychuk doesn't count. That's another one because he's injured and has been injured all year. Okay. So he's exempt. Uh, anyone who's injured all year is exempt. So I guess that would count for Nikita Kucherov as well. My God, Tampa Bay. Does it? Unbelievable. Well, he was injured all year, right? Although he might have a no-move clause, so maybe he counts. Yeah, he probably does with a no-move. I think he does I, have a no-move. Yeah, he's got a no-move clause, so he has to be auto-protected. But, like, they might be in some fuzzy territory there because he didn't play all year. We'll flip Either the table. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. But, yeah, outside of that, for, for the Islanders, anyways, yeah, you got the top three and then take your pick at most prospects. If you haven't played two years of pro hockey pro North American hockey, so that doesn't count for Robin Salo, you're exempt. There you go. Sorry, three years. Three years of pro hockey. So I think I, I'm assuming, and I'm, I'm sure you're in the same boat here, that the Islanders are going to use the seven forwards, three defense, one goalie format here, correct? I'm going all eight, and it's only defensemen. No, you're right. It is the seven three one. Okay. So how do you want to do this? How do you want to start? Forwards first? Yeah, I think so. Let's do the forwards first. Okay, so um, my seven are Barzal, Beauvillier, Bailey, Lee, Pajot, Nelson. I feel like those six are the obvious ones. Now, there's a couple different ways where you can go for the seventh one. And my hot take is protecting Casey Sezikis. And I know people are going to say, well, this is UFA. Why are you going to protect him anyway? Like, they're, they're not going to take him anyway. Um. I don't want to take that risk because I think he is someone who is that important to this team. So uh, I don't want to chance that at all. I am okay with exposing Bellows. I am okay with exposing Eberle in that case for forwards. And uh, there's really nobody else who would even be in the conversation for me for that seventh spot besides those two that I just listed off. Yeah, so I, I went a little different, just a little, little different. I went most of the same players, but I picked Eberle. You did protect uh, Everly. Okay. I, I'm fine with leaving Sikas exposed for the reason you just listed. He's a UFA. Uh, they, they could select him, and he can just go like, no thanks, and then still sign with the Islanders. But you're right. There's still that risk where they go like, well, what if we give you $3.5 million? They're certainly not going to do that, and we can use you playing on the third line. So Zikas might look at that and say like, ah, God damn, maybe I should. Of course, who knows if Seattle will ever be, or not ever be, but will be competitive in year one. Whereas we know the Islanders are competitive in year one. There's no doubt about that. So like that also is going to have to weigh into it. But I I'm not I'm not worried about him signing with with Seattle. I'm picking Eberle as my seventh forward. Okay. Um, as for defense, I have Pulak, Pelik, Mayfield. Yeah, no, there's no debate. If, if anyone has something different, give your head a shake uh, because you're, you're doing it wrong. You're doing life wrong at this moment because there's no reason to not protect Pelic Pollock Mayfield. If you're going to say like, well, what about Nick Letty? What about Nick Letty? You're going to leave Scott Mayfield out at $1.45 million? I understand that Mayfield doesn't put up the same points that Nick Letty does. But my God, that contract for a team that is strapped for cash or I guess not cash, but like cap space, 
you got to keep Mayfield. You have to. He has one more year or two more years at that number. That's Mayfield you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. The the one it's one four five, right? It yeah. is one four five. Let me just pull up how long it is. There's still one more year after this, so two years including this one. Yeah, exactly. So that's gonna. I mean, that helps him this year and next year. And who knows? You you might want to resign Scott Mayfield. Yeah, what he might be thirty years old by then. He's twenty eight now. Turns twenty nine in October. So yeah, he'll be thirty by the next contract starts. Uh, and yeah, why not? You A may more years of Scott Mayfield at like two million dollars or maybe three. All right, fine, whatever. It, it, exactly. It depends on how the next couple of years go, obviously. But the point is you want Mayfield here for the next two years. One, because he's cheap, and two, he's pretty reliable. I know he didn't have a great regular season, but I thought he came on strong in the playoffs and was fairly good. Yeah, everyone's going to look at the icings, and, and they're right. Mayfield's one of the worst players in terms of icing plus minus. That's a thing um, in the NHL. Or, sorry, in, for defensemen in terms of the NHL. I think he's, like, bottom 10. Uh, so that's bad. But outside of that, he's a really good player, uh, at least as a bottom six defenseman. Really good penalty killer, right? Barry Trotz goes to war protecting Scott Mayfield in terms of his penalty killing abilities. So you can't lose that. You can't just say, like, I will let him go. If you're going to bring in another middle six, or not middle six, sorry, six, number six defenseman, you're going to pay him more than $1.45 million. Yeah, that's true. Like, you're not going to get... Like, let's just take away the the contract from Scott Mayfield. If you're redoing that deal today, like bringing in uh, his clone, what's that? What's he getting? Two and a half, three million at least. I was gonna say two point five. Yep. Yeah. So th- at that, you're you're saving yourself a million, a million and a half somewhere in that. Like, I know it sounds small, but that that matters in in a cap crunch like now. It, it really matters. Yeah, every every million dollar matters. Every dollar matters, really. But when you're saving one point five million dollars, you got to do it. And and in this case, you can't shed, or I guess, cost yourself one to one point five million dollars for no reason whatsoever, because you want to keep Nick Letty. I get it, but God, jeez, no, you, you you just can't. It's not justifiable to keep Nick Letty over. Scott Mayfield, or either of the other two elite top-level defensemen that we have. Uh, of course, yes. Pelic and Pulak have to be have to. There's no, they're they're the arguably the most important part of this team. That just that pair in general. It's the identity. They are well. Obviously, there's the identity line, but when it comes to what the Islanders do, they are a very defensively sound team, and they go defense first, and then worry about the offense. And those two as a pair. And a unit is integral for what they're trying to do. Exactly. There's no other way to say it. Uh, and as for the goalie, I'm protecting uh, Simeon Varlamov because I'm not protecting Ken Appleby. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> what? Now you're not going to do Ken Appleby? Can I interest you in a Corey Schneider? Uh, I'm going to also pass. No, you protect Simeon Varlamov. Uh, I could understand someone saying, well, if you're going to protect Eberle, why not leave Varlamov out there and dangle that $5 million contract? My only rebuttal to that would be, he's a Vezina finalist. You don't lose a Vezina finalist for free twice in three years. That's just not something you're supposed to do. That's a great point. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Leonard, but you're right. And that that's the thing, right? It really comes back to that. Like That's two Vezina finalists that we're all just being like, eh! That's fine. Okay, it will be okay. Maybe. <laughs> then you still have to find a goalie, right? And if you're saying we're fine with leaving Varlamov, then that means you, you're then promoting Ilya Sorokin to your starter, and that means you're paying him starter money, which is going to be $5 million. And then yeah. what's your backup going to cost? Certainly more than the $1 million it was for Ilya Sorokin this year. Right. So you're almost better off, like keeping Varlamov and then paying Sorokin that like one B money, like the three, three and a half, some, something like that. Exactly. And, and look how good they were last year. Right. And, and we, we can't forget this is going to be the first full season in two years now. That's true. These guys aren't really, I, I'm going to say ready, but when I say that, know that I don't mean that they're not going to be prepared, but it's going to be a shock to their system going through an 80, 82 game gambit. Like yeah. they're, they're going to have to take rest and they're going to the, have to split these as near as 50-50 as possible. And so if you got Varlamov Sorokin, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, I think like conditioned is probably the the best way to describe it. 
thank you. Yes, that is a better way to look at it. Yeah, but, but you're right. They would split it pretty close to, to 50-50. And with those two, you're probably okay with that. Exactly. So that that's why you protect Varlamov. If you can find a trade for him, cool. I don't expect that you're going to because if you are shopping him or someone comes calling, you're asking for a lot. And by you, I mean Lula Morello. Yeah, no, without without a doubt, and I would be surprised, like you said, if that happened. Uh, we've heard, you know, some other rumors this week that, that I'm sure we'll get into later in the show, uh, and his name didn't come up. Uh, I think they really like Varlamov, so uh, I think they end up keeping him here. Yeah, well, that's the thing with Lou, right? Like when he he lands somewhere, like look at Toronto, look at even in um in New Jersey, and then in with the Islanders, when he lands somewhere, he finds his goal and he sticks with them. And you can say, like, well, what about Leonard? He didn't go and find him. He pulled him out of a bargain bin. That was like, this is the guy that I have available. He tried to get Varlamov that year, but he couldn't. He did, yeah. And then he was finally able to get him as a free agent, and he did so. And so he's not just going to lose him for nothing. No. I feel like he's had a man crush on him for a few years now. Exactly. So he, he's not going to let him go unless the price is astronomical. Exactly. So of both of our lists, they're... they're Pretty similar, one player different. Who would you have Seattle taking? So in my situation, Nick Letty is the one that gets selected. Okay, that makes sense. Puck moving defenseman, one year. You could potentially you know, flip his deal if things go poorly uh, or extend it if they're playing well and they want to keep him around. You could extend him. Um I get. I'm leaving Eberle and Letty, and I think the reason for that was better odds. Thinking of it from like a gambling <laughs> perspective, like okay, there's there's two high priced guys out there. Maybe they'd be more. You know, maybe my shot of losing one of those contracts are a little bit higher if I'm exposing another one. Uh, it depends. It's hard for me to sit here and say at this point who exactly that they're going to take. Because one of the big reasons for that is we don't know who is being selected from the other teams. Uh, That's a lot of vamping from you. <laughs> what? Because I haven't picked someone. Yeah, you haven't gone for a guy yet. What's who's your guy that I want to be selected? Not one that you think will be. I'm not saying I want Lady selected. It's just oh. like that's looking at my list. That's the guy. Eb- Eberle. I just feel like you're trying to like. I'm not sure which way I want to go, and you're you're like trying no. to make it up in your mind. No, no, no like, I was, based off of who you got left. No, I was trying to explain why I left both uh, both of those guys out there. But I guess I would say if it was up to me, if I was Seattle, I would take Eberle. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, this is a 20 to 25 goal scorer who can play in your top line why wouldn't you try to get that the contract though like uh, three more years at five million dollars five and a half sorry right yeah sorry five and a half i keep thinking he went from five and a half to five and not six to five and a half and i don't know why the six to five and a half just makes more sense yeah it's still five hundred thousand difference yeah but what say you two bellows then because he's also you know freed up on on your list do you think they would go for him I think so. And I was actually, so today I was reading an article uh, from the Seattle Times and they had, uh, they pretty much did a mock expansion and I was curious to see who they picked for the Islanders and they ended up picking Sebastian Ajo. Um, yeah, as Mitch did they said, think it was the other one? No, no, no. They, they said, <laughs> and they, they mentioned, no, not that Sebastian Ajo in the thing. Um, but if you want to go the cheap route, it would probably be one of those two, depending on... Again, there's so many variables that go in here because you don't know who Seattle is taking from the other teams. If they are looking for a forward, then obviously Bellows is your choice on the cheap end. If they're looking for a defenseman on the cheap end, then it's Sebastian Ajo. It also depends on what their philosophy is going into the expansion draft. Like, just go back to 1972, and Bill Torrey's uh, philosophy going into the expansion draft was, I'm not building this team through the draft. The, the expansion draft that is I will build it through the entry draft so every decision I'm making from here on out is based off of that philosophy and so if that's how Seattle is going to do it then that might change a few things right then they're looking to build to take pieces that they can either move or, or that they can translate into something else and that's why maybe Nick Letty comes into play but if they're looking to no we're not going to do that we're going to build through this draft because we saw how Vegas, Vegas. did it we're going to take Everlay probably. 
Right, yeah, that would make sense because then that gives you a guy in who you could put in your top six for three years. At, it's not an astronomical number. Like there, there are much worse contracts in the NHL. It's not a great contract, but it's middle of the road, I guess. Still got to hit the floor, right? That's true. Which is another thing. Are they going to stay close to the floor or are they going to try to max out? Right. I don't see why they would start off maxed out like that. That's That just seems... Why would you kneecap yourself like that, right? Like, So it seems that they might stay close to the floor, which then says, well, if they've picked up, like you mentioned earlier, a bunch of contracts everywhere else, they might come circle to the Islanders and say, Kiefer Bellows or Sebastian Ajo, like the Seattle Times says, uh, and for a cheap contract, that has a lot of upside. Do you put Otto Koivula in that mix too? I've seen other people do it, right? Like the Athletic had... I think it was Ryan Clark, and I forget I, I forget the other writer. It wasn't Dom. Dom, Dom picked uh, Kiefer Bellows. They, they picked Otto Koivula. And while I get it, if you have Kiefer Bellows available, you take Kiefer Bellows over Otto Koivula all day, every day, and twice on Saturday. I agree with you for the most part, but... To play the devil's advocate here for a second, and you know, roster building perspective, if they are looking for a bottom six forward, wouldn't Otto Koivula be that guy? Yeah, but there's just there's some there's issues with Otto Koivula's game. Is that he's a six four, he's got a power forward body, but he doesn't play like a power forward. So you're bringing in a guy to do a job that he doesn't necessarily do. He could learn. I'm sure he could learn how to do it. But he hasn't done it yet, and he's you know not getting any younger. So it's just kind of now's the time, buddy. No, that's fair. That's definitely fair. And I think you know th- there are flaws in both those players' games because they yes. are well, five years removed from their draft classes and don't have a ton of NHL games under their belt. So uh, you could probably find flaws with either one of those two guys. But it, again, it goes back to what you're looking for. If they're looking for someone who's cheap and maybe catch lightning in a bottle in a middle six role, then okay, Kiefer Bellows is your guy. If it's, I would like a versatile third or fourth liner who could play all three forward positions, then it's Otto Quivilla. Absolutely, right? There's Like you said earlier, there's so many variables at play that we can look at these lists and say, they're taking Nick Letty. Done. No. No one can say that. You might be right at the end of the day, but it wasn't because of the fact that you thought of, unless you know Ron Francis and you know the philosophy that he's approaching. Uh, if you don't know that, then you can't say with any certainty what they're going to do. I mean, well, just think about last go round. Did anyone think it was going to be JF Barube and Grabowski in the first and all that stuff? Right? Like, there could be a trade worked out because we, we know that Lou Larola wants to keep this core intact and he can't keep it intact this way. Now, he, he did say he wants to keep the core intact, but he kind of dropped a few hints here and there that he'd be fine. Like, oh, we might lose someone. Oh, well. And he's only ever done, I guess, two, technically. Two, excuse me, I had a burp coming up there. Um, two trades, uh, expansion day trades, or expansion draft day trades, right? He's only done it twice, and, and even the second time was uh, probably not. And he's gone through seven of these already. So, like, he's not a guy that's going to give you something to stay away from his players if he knows that he can lose something and, and fill in that void. Right. Yeah, I think I would be, especially with how the Islanders uh, draft picks situation looks like right now, um, I don't think they would be willing to uh, attach a pick and who knows for for them to be like, hey, take Andrew Ladd's contract. You're going to give up a, your third first round pick in a row for that? Right, like what Andrew Latt at first and Parker Wertherspoon maybe. I, I, that may not be the direct Jake Bischoff um, correlation here, but like that that's where I'm going with this. To take uh, Ken Appleby. <clears throat> yeah, okay, cool. We got everyone else still, and we shed a $5.5 million contract, but that's a third first-round pick on. Uh, but if you win a cup because you're able to free up cap space – who cares about that first over first round pick, right? No, that's totally fair. It's just I don't I don't bet on Lou Lamarillo doing that again, I guess is my point. I'm right there with you. One hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, this is gonna be a really interesting week here as one we wait for who's gonna be protected. I I know that the Zasikis one on my list I know is a hot take. I wouldn't be surprised if they went a different direction there. Um 
I think well, you, you say that, but like consider that Lou Lamarillo, when he went through the Vegas draft, protected both Leo Komarov and Matt Martin. Now, he didn't have to protect Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner or William Nylander because they were exempt, but still, he used cap, he used spaces for guys like Matt Martin, or Matt, Matt Martin, not Marner, and, and Leo Komarov to protect. That's true. Uh, it, it's, I think the point that I was trying to make is that I think we know probably 85% of what, if not higher, of what this list is going to look like. Oh, no, not a math yeah. podcast. It's not going to be like in 2017 where we're going, Adam Pellick, what the heck? What the heck is Gar Snow doing here? Uh, it's going to make a whole lot of sense as the Adam Pellick on that list. You're not going to see, like I'm just looking through the list of defensemen here, Sebastian Ajo, let's say, is going to be on that list. No, he's not. Norwell Parker Wertherspoon or, or, or Thomas Seeky for that fact. Neither of those players will be there. Uh, so the, there won't be very many surprises, like no. you said. I, I don't expect there to be very many surprises either, but I can't wait. A week from today, when we're recording this on Wednesday, the, the picks will be happening. So I guess by the next time we talk to you, it's we're going to know who the Islanders lost. So do you want to do you want to make an official prediction? Is your official prediction Letty? Oh, God. I yes, because that's the list I went with. But I'm I'm wildly unconfident, uncon, unconfident. Un, I think unconfident. I, I, I lack a lot of confidence with that pick. I'm gonna go Eberle. I'll, I'll stick with it. I'm not confident in it though, because there it's really there's so many. <laughs> we go right back to the conversation. There are so many variables that come into play with who else of the what? There's 29 other teams participating in this who are getting exactly so. It depends on what they're doing, too. 100%. It's going to be a wild ride. We find out on the 18th who the Islanders protected. I don't know what at what time, but that's when Seattle will know. And I would assume something like 4 p.m. is when we, the general public, will know. Yeah. So I, I can't wait for that. Reaction's going to be good. And next week, we're going to have a, a ton of coverage on this. It's uh, And then right into the draft and then right into free agency. My God, busy times. It's going to be a busy, busy week. Hold on to your hats, everyone. It's just about to get interesting. Any Anything else on expansion lists or anything you want to get into? No, I, I think we, we did. We, we covered it pretty well. And everyone's been like kind of living it for the last couple of weeks anyways. Now, a couple of rumors this week that we could touch on quickly here before we get into down on the farm. So David Pagnotta, the fourth period, dropped a bomb. Well, first staple dropped the bomb of the, the Islanders potentially shopping Nick Letty. And then Pagnata said, well, hold on, it's not just Nick Letty. And he said that Eberle is also included on this list as well as like Leo Komarov and Thomas Hickey and guys like that. Any surprises here, Mitch? Uh, not with Nick Letty. No, the, the one surprise was Jordan Eberle. I, I didn't think that they would actively look to shop him. I understand why they are, so I'm not surprised why they're doing it. I'm just surprised that they're actually doing it and doing it now even, right? Like, it seems weird with with a draft where we're not even sure if they're going to protect him. They may, or they may not. That he seems like a, a coin flip guy. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm not really surprised. And obviously, Leo and Thomas Hickey makes all the sense in the world. Yes, because they all three of them have just one more year left on their deal, except for Everly, who has the th the three more years left. So I feel like he probably will have more luck trading. Letty, Komarov, Hickey. So that I think that's also a part of the reason why I left Eberly exposed to kind of bring this tie it all together here. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense. It's specifically those three guys that you mentioned that have a year left. Uh, because while they're tradable now because of that year, they're also tradable later because they're on an expiring deal. So if whoever they go to doesn't make the playoffs, they can then flip them. Right, like you can use a Tomasiki throughout the year and turn him into a third round pick. Even you're probably not going to have to. You you could get a third round pick to take him from the Islanders and get a third round pick to ship him somewhere else. Tom, oh, absolutely, yeah. Like let's say I don't know, use Detroit, Ottawa, yeah. Arizona, uh, like teams like that, where you say, okay, here is Leo Komarov or here is Tomasiki. I don't think it's going to work with Andrew Ladd, but uh, one of, one of those two guys. And you get a second round pick with that to pretty much take on the contract and you give us back, I don't know, 
a seventh or some prospect we never heard of or future considerations that turn into a prospect you never heard of. Uh, and then if you're any of those teams I just listed, you have them play for you in whatever role you want for half the year. And as injuries happen, teams look for depth players. Like, I know it's crazy because we not beat up on him, but I guess we're critical of him a little bit. Some team might trade for Leo Komarov to get that grit going into the playoffs. Oh, without a doubt. There's no question that they will. They're not going to give up a whole lot to do it, but but they're going to do it. If he's available, a team is going to look at that and say, we need more sandpaper a la Toronto Maple Leafs a couple of years ago, right? They're going to do it. Right. and the, Or this past year with Felino. Yes, exactly. Right? Uh, but that's... And the, his cap hit, or anyone's cap hit, rather, wouldn't be the... the full thing likely at that point either no exactly it's prorated and then when you get to the playoffs it doesn't matter as we all know yeah so there's a little bit more value in hickey and komarov than i think some islanders fans lead on now i'm not saying you're going to get anything in return for them but a team might be willing to take on that contract in order to then reflip them same thing right, with like Letty. you can talk yourself into two two third round picks coming your way because you you took on leo komarov and if he does yeah. well for you, you're like, great, we got two third-round picks and three-quarters of a good year from Leo Komarov. How is, where is the loss? I had to pay him $3 million AAV? Oh, no. Yeah, no, exactly. And Letty's probably harder to do that with because I think you're if you were to trade him, you're probably trading him to a team that's looking to contend, I would think. I don't know about that. Now, he doesn't have trade protection, right? Whereas Leo Komarov does. Leo's got, I think, a eight-team no-trade list. It's single digits or something. Yeah, I think it's, I'm pretty sure seven. There you go. Uh, Whereas Nick Letty doesn't have that. Teams will be looking at Nick Letty, and they'll see that this is a puck-moving defenseman, not from the defensive end, but at least into the offensive end. Puts up points, right? Like, he was on pace for not a career year, but pretty damn close to it. Uh, he was on pace for 45 points over a, reg- a full regular season. His career high is 46. This was a good, strong year from Nick Letty, who's still 29 years old. He's still in his 20s. He won't turn 30 until I believe it's November. Like, this guy is not young or not old. So a team can look at that and say, like, all right, well, we're getting a not old puck mover who's coming off a strong year on a team that doesn't put up a lot of goals, right? Like, this guy led the blue line in, in, in production on a team that doesn't score much. That says something. No, it does. And I think he, he does have he does have some value there and especially like on a more offensive team I think he, he would maybe not go back to 2014-15 Nick Letty but just be a better version of him himself. The reason why I think contender is I, I think a, a a team training for him would have to give something up where they yes. they like a bottom feeder team might not want to give up a second or a third round pick, let's say, in order to get Nick Letty in here. Whereas, you know, uh, um, I don't know, a, a team who thinks that they're on the cusp of being a playoff team and has a little bit of space and could use a player like that, they might be more willing to do that. You're right. I, I, I agree with you there, right? Like a team that's has a chance of making the playoffs, but it's maybe a puck mover short of, of surely getting themselves in. And, and I'm really struggling to find a team like that. Chicago, maybe. Chicago. I was going to say Chicago jumps out. Uh, St. Louis. Vancouver. St. Louis, yeah. If, especially if they move Dunn. Right. And then they, they also want to move Tarasenko, right? So, like, not everyone's going to be looking to eat up Tarasenko's $7.5 million cap hit and only 38 games played over the last two years, even if you're saying he's healthy. Uh, so, like, that, that, I could definitely see that working itself into that package, right? Letty towards St. Louis and Tarasenko coming our way. That'd be nice. Right? Like, obviously not one for one, but but in, in that package. And in that package would be a little bit lower because also St. Louis knows that they can't just offload him and say, like, we want a first two seconds and, and your best prospect. No. Again, he's played 38 games over the last two years, and we know that you've screwed up his shoulder. So you could tell us he's healthy, but we're not going to believe you. And he's got a $7.5 million cap hit. He can't go just anywhere. So that price is lower because there aren't that many people bidding for him. No, exactly. So I'm really interested to see what the fallout is of that. Uh, I don't know if we'll see him get traded before the expansion draft. I think that would be difficult. 
Yeah, so let's just say that we have that package here that we talked about, Letty going towards um, St. Louis. Louis. Um, if he gets traded to to the Islanders, then then they have to expose someone else, not only uh, in terms of forwards but defense, right? Because if Nick Letty goes, then you don't have enough players that have that have met the the, the or your exposure requirements haven't been met, right? You have to expose at least one defenseman who's played 40 NHL games last year and mm. is under contract for 21-22. The Islanders only have three, or sorry, two, and one of those guys was Nick Letty. So the, sorry, three. So they had three with, with Mayfield and Pollock. That's right. Could they theoretically then just sign like Andy Green and then expose him? Correct. They could, right? So that that kind of fixes that but then you still have the offense right where all right i guess now we definitely have to expose eberle uh and maybe someone else and then so he gets off my list then at that point and then who is your well eberle was your other one and then so eberle would be off my list okay in in place for tarasenko which is a fair swap right Mm -hmm. but like that those are the gymnastics that you're gonna have to do if it's done before the expansion draft and if it's done afterwards, I would imagine that all the pieces that are in play for a trade get protected. So then you would think Letty would get protected. I, I would think if they're looking to keep him. I I, I don't think that Lou's going to be trying to make a trade with say Lou saying yes we're going to do we're going to do Letty. Oh wait, what did what did Seattle do? Sorry, Doug, I can't send you Letty. He just went to Seattle. That would be weird. So that but if that's the case, then he might have to make a trade with Seattle so that Scott Mayfield doesn't get selected. That That's just it, right? So, like, and I, I'm not trying to say either one is going to happen. I have no idea. No, it's just the... I'm la- kind of talking myself into circles here. Right, it's just the layers that go into it. It's very... There's so much that comes into it. That's why I think it makes so much more sense for them to wait until after. It would probably be... I, I would think before... I would think before free agency or right around the draft, right? It wouldn't... If you're St. Louis, wouldn't you want to know if you have that seven and a half million dollars to play with or what? I guess. I, I again, it, there's a lot of stinky layers to this onion and a lot of different variables at play. It's picking the right time to do this. It doesn't really work because even at the draft, typically you want to do it because you're getting picks for that draft. But like, it's not really. The Islanders don't really have that many, so you know they're picking what 59th is their first pick. Big deal. Yeah, it, that's that's true. You don't really care about that pick too much. Exactly. So I, I don't know, but when when it looks at the rumors, you've got what is it, ten point eleven million dollars in just Letty and Eberle on the trade block, and then another five point five million dollars between Thomas Hickey and Leo Komarov. The one thing that is very clear here is that Lou Lamorello is trying his hardest to create enough cap space, ASAP. Yeah, and that's the thing. He has to in order to sign their RFAs. And if you're looking to bring in Tarasenko, obviously you have to do that. Or, I mean, he's talked about Kyle Palmieri. Maybe he wants to keep him around. He definitely does. I, like, he would like to. And then we, we didn't even get to the, the, the piece de resistance, which is the two guys being bought out in, in Minnesota. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. So, uh, the Zach Parise one, I, that, that, just, that seems too obvious, right? Oh, am I, I, am I crazy true. here? I know I, I wrote that. And that, that was bizarre. I wrote it 21 hours before they were waved, not waved, bought out, which is lucky, honestly. Well, you, clearly you saw what was happening. Like, it doesn't make any sense for them to keep going. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't, right? Um, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense for him to end up anywhere else. Zach, Zach Parise wants to be reunited with Lou Lamarolo and wants to compete for a cup. And he's going to be here. He's going to sign, I don't know, League minimum to one point five million dollars. Whatever one he's getting, he's getting his monies. <laughs> doesn't the money yeah. doesn't matter to him? No, exactly. I, which makes me think. I think a million is probably fair. I don't think it's going to go much higher than that. Maybe you get him if you get him at seven hundred fifty thousand. Then you kiss Lou on his shiny bald head. Right. It's just somewhere within league minimum to one and a half million dollars. Split the difference at one makes a lot of sense. And we're talking ourselves into a, a third liner who can put up 25 goals in a year. Yeah. What? I, I mean, I know the production wasn't great, and we're going to get a spoiler in, in the social. I want to get more into this, so we'll okay. put a, we'll put a pin in it. Um, but he was playing with uh, Nick Benino last year. I think he would do a lot better with JGP and Oliver Wallstrom. 
1000%. This is a wild upgrade on Leo Komarov. Wild. Yeah. And now you've got yourself a, a pretty good and solid scoring third line. You have three scoring lines now. Uh, they're not going to be lights out offense like the Tampa Bay Lightning, but you can play your we win 3-1 on most nights and actually do it. Yes, because you have even more of that depth scoring. Agree, 1,000%. And you wrote something today where you think you could talk yourself into Suter too. Oh, easily, right? Like Especially if we're, we're and again, we're circling all around with these rumors and, and expansion draft, but if Nick Letty is gone, there's a hole on the left side defense, and we know that the Islanders are in a cap crunch, why not go for a guy who's still pretty damn good offensively on the left side? Sure, he's older at 36, and sure, the wheels can come off at any time, but you get this guy, again, who's getting paid anyways on a cheap deal, why the hell not? See, I had, I think I had more trouble trying to figure out what he would get. Where, what ballpark are you in? That's where I, I I'm not sure. I ideally one point five to two and a half, somewhere within there, uh, because there's going to be competition for him. It's not going to be as easy as as Zach Parise. I had him at two and a quarter. I was playing around on Cap Friendly for like the twentieth day in a row, um, and I I was doing something. I had him at around two and a quarter is what I came up with. Right, like that seems fair um, for what he's, because he's gonna, he wants to compete, obviously, and like he's got links to the Islanders as well, right? Like we we link Zach Parise to the Islanders because of the obvious Lula Marola link, but what about Barry Trotz and Ryan Suter? That's a great point, right? Like this guy turned being Barry Trotz, Ryan Suter into the defenseman he is today. Why mm. would he not want to play for him again? It's really bizarre, not to throw this off the rail, not off the rails, but it, just taking the conversation a different way. Yeah. It's really bizarre to look at the Islanders as a place where veterans want to go to win or play with the general manager or the head coach. Like, that's just, I, I'm still not used to that. Right, desirable, not only because, like, oh, it's New York, it's a metro area, it's pretty cool. It's a number of things. New York, they're winning, the coach is great, the GM is great, the culture's great. It's a multiple factor destination. Yeah, that just wanted to toss that out there. But you're right. Like the the trots factor, th- that's huge. Why wouldn't you want to play for a coach you played for earlier in your career and had success with? Exactly. Turned you into the guy that was worth Minnesota paying $98 million. <laughs> a $98 million contract over 14 years. Both of them. That's insane. The Bar- you owe Barry Trotz a debt of gratitude for that. And why wouldn't you want to play with him bef- again? And also we have to keep in mind on, on that same angle, usually when players come in, it takes a period to adapt to the Barry Trotz system. This guy will not have a problem adapting. He knows it very well. He was there when it was written. He was there when it was written for sure. And you'd imagine that someone like Parise, well, yes, a little bit more offensive, he, he knows Lou well enough to know what's expected of him. Again, he's played under Lou. He's played under Jacques Lemaire as well. Like So Jacques Lemaire is a special, a special or a special assignment coach under uh, with the Islanders and was one and head coach for the New Jersey Devils when Zach Parise was there. Zach Parise is well aware on how to play, maybe not in this system directly, but in a system that lends itself to Lou Lemarello hockey. He will not have a problem adapting to his role on this team. Did you see the article today from Yahoo Sports on the two of them? I, I did not. Okay, so I saw something on Yahoo Sports where, and it called both of those guys divas, as a part of. Now I don't know. To, I got really weird vibes reading this thing, Mitch. Uh, okay. I would not now, obviously, because we're on the show, but I would recommend reading it at some point. And I want to see if we're on the same page with this. I got weird vibes vibes from the writer. He, he was saying that, of course, the, the contract being an albatross at this point was why they did it. Both guys declining and older, want to go in a new direction, all that. But he also said they were divas because, and one of the things that he listed was that they were trying to get Minnesota to practice closer to where they live. Oh, okay. Do you buy it? Wouldn't anyone want that? I guess, Yeah, I guess so. But he was saying like, it, it rubbed some of the, the brass in Minnesota the wrong way, which is where the Divas thing came from. 
Yeah, I, I don't know the whole situation with like where they're looking to to build a new practice facility, and these guys are like, "Well, we live right here. You're investing what is it, almost two hundred million dollars in us? Uh, may, maybe we could do it closer to where we live." Again, you're investing two hundred million dollars in both of us combined. Maybe you want to keep us happy, uh, and like, obviously that's not cool. But you know, I, I could see that happening for sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I don't know the whole angle of what was happening leading up to that that kind of interaction. Yeah, I'm gonna see. Like I said, I'm gonna see if I can find it for you. But it was. Uh, it was definitely a weird read. All I know is that Sutter's got a chip on his shoulder right now. He is pissed, uh, and then so is so is Parise. But I, I think he saw it coming more, more than uh, than Sutter did. Because, Sutter did because Sutter hung up on Bill Guerin when he found out. When when Bill Guerin called Sutter to tell him he's like, are you basically like, are you effing kidding me? You're buying up both our contracts on the same day. What the hell? And they just hung up on him. That's rough. So he is not happy. He's got a chip on his shoulders. He's got something to prove. Determined. And this guy's two years removed from a 48 point season. 48 points in a shortened year. Right, I want to bring up the stats exactly here, just so I can, you know, paint that picture for you a little bit more. Uh, Ryan Sutter, let me do the cap friendly one because that's the first one I've got here. He had 48 points in 68 games last year. That that's a full year. So 48 divided by 68 times 82 is a 58 point pace. Wow, that's last good. year. That's really good. Exactly. Like yes, again, he's 36. But he was a 50-plus point player right up until last year, right? Like the two years before that, 51 and 47. You can't tell me that all of a sudden last year, decline. This guy done last year. It's possible. It just seems real convenient. Yeah, it does, right? It's just like, oh, it's all going to come crashing down like like a house cards, what, three months after he was fine? Like it wasn't like... Usually it's a little bit of like a, a steady decline. You see it go down a little bit, then down a little bit more, and then it goes. I haven't really seen too much of a decline from from Suter. And then more, uh, can we put a pin in Parise? Because I, I kind of want to loop back to that when we get into the social part. Yes, let's put a pin on it, and we can maybe transition to the next thing here. Yes. So down on the farm, what do we got? Down on the farm, not not terribly a lot. Again, I say that every week because, well, it is the off season, But... I did finally get a chance to speak to the St. John Sea Dogs GM. That's Trevor Georgie. Uh, great dude. Uh, great chat. Uh, couldn't tell me why every house in New Brunswick has electric heaters. I- I've been scoping out real estate in New Brunswick because it seems like a cool place to live, and it's super cheap compared to here in Ottawa. Ooh. Either way, uh, we're-, we're not moving, but the thought was there. Anyways, every house is heated with electric baseboards, and I can't stand it. I hate electric baseboard heat. But... I don't sure. know why New Brunswick does that. Anyways, the point of our chat was not about baseball heaters. <laughs> it was about William Zafool, who was just traded to his team. So he just picked up Zafool uh, a couple weeks prior. And so the, the chat that I wanted to have with him, and I eventually did, was why William and what do you expect from him? Uh, and and the, the, the chat eventually evolved to the fact that he said, this could be a 40-goal score. We believe he could be a 40-goal score in this league, the QMJHL, that is. Do you and buy it? you're probably thinking like, I do. I, I really do buy it. He was a point per a, a goal per game basically the entire season last year. But you're thinking QMJHL, they score a lot there, right? Mm-hmm. Forty goal scorers, must, they must have a ton of those. They don't really. Seven three years ago, ten two years ago, four, uh, sorry, four two years ago, and one last year. Of course, shortened seasons, but still, they don't. They're not all over the place. They're not rampant. They're not growing on trees, as he put it. Um, so this guy could be one of the top goal scorers in that league in his final year in the QMJHL. Okay. And then that would be cool to see him like end that his junior note on a bang and then be like, okay, I'm ready to go pro. Yeah. So that's the thing they're going for. It. And by going for it, I'm not just take, talking about the QMJHL championship. They're also going for the Memorial cup championship. So that's the CHL championship itself. Um, they're hoping to host it. So if they do, they're, they're either in automatically but they have aspirations to get there naturally without having to host the tournament. Gotcha. Okay. So big plans for them over there, clearly. Big plans, and he he seems to be a big part of it, or not seems, he will be a big part of it. He's going to play top line for sure. Um, I kind of pressed him on what he thought about the Islanders picking him in the fifth round, 
and, and while he didn't want to commit too much to it, and, and understandably so, he basically said that this is a shrewd pick by the Islanders. Like, this is they didn't find a gem confirmed yet, but like this could very well be a gem for them in the fifth round. Yeah, which is kind of what we originally thought when it happened. Yeah, this is just conf- confirming it. Uh, and I understand some people say like, well, a GM is never going to knock his boy down. Sure, but he doesn't have to use those words either. Yeah, no, exactly. It's He clearly took a, uh, an area to pump his tires a little bit, which we appreciate. Exactly. I um, mean, outside of that, there's not a whole lot more going on. Like some guys are going back home. I saw that Robin Salo's back in Finland. I know that uh, Russian Shkakov is in Moscow back at home with the family before he heads to Germany. Um, just just a real detente and, and down period before the season starts up. Like Russia starts in September. So things are already starting to cl- click into motion here as uh, the 21-22 season starts in Europe. Okay. So inching closer over there. Like the, Obviously, they'll start before the NHL does. That's correct. Right. Like this again, like the uh, KHL will start in September. I believe the other leagues like the SHL and the league are going to start s- a similar timing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I always love down on the farm because, uh, I mean, you're much more well-versed in the prospects than I am, but it, I feel like it's a good educational time for me. I, li- I like learning more and love the videos too. Oh, thank you very much. If you have any questions about them, let me know, man. Like if you have anything about prospects, just use this time to ask me questions. I can't guarantee I'll give you the answer, but I will certainly do my best. Yeah, I was really, I was curious about Defoe, but we touched on that in the interview. So I think we're good. Perfect. All right. So transition to the next one. To the quiz. As we do every week, I have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt. Like I've been doing for the last couple of weeks, though, this has no relation to the episode that we're on. Okay. This is just some random New York Islander that I have in my head. You have five clues to guess who he is. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. I was born July 14th, 1986. July 14th, 1986, which would make him 35 years old today, or well, around now. Andrew Ladd. Incorrect. Two, I was a second round pick in 2006. Franz Nielsen. Incorrect. Oh, Three. No, I've played for two NHL teams in my 10-year career. Two NHL teams in 10-year career. Uh, Next. I've only played for three professional hockey teams. The third one, a non-NHL team, was Metalurg Manitogorsk. So the KHL side. KHL. Oh! Nikolai Kuhlman? Yeah, there it is. Okay. Uh, my fifth one is uh, Nikolai Fuleman is a popular <laughs> Twitter handle with my namesake. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Nikolai Kuhlman, man. He was not a great Islander, but he played a nice role. He played a good role, absolutely. He just came up because the, I, I see that there's there's a bunch of things happening in the KHL. Players are being named somewhere. And uh, one, one of their... their their legendary players just recently retired, and so Metaller came in my, my mentions, and I thought of Nikolai Kuhlman. There you go. Okay, and it's his birthday. That's true. It is his birthday. Oh, my God, even better. There you go. Love that. To the social segment we go? Yeah, what do you got for us in the social segment, Mitch? What's going around Dial's Twitter? Do you want to start and take the pin out of things? Uh, yes, please. Um. So I... Love Brian Carver or Mike Carver, excuse me, from Isles. <laughs> you mixed them up there in your head. Yeah, I said the at this. I said I mixed up B Comp and Mike Carver and combined into one. Love him. Does a great job on Isles. Seat. I disagree with this tweet though, which I w- I would like to get into. So uh, it's a quote tweet on um, a source from Joe Panterno says source speculating with me this morning. I'd be shocked if Isles don't make a move on Parise. And Mike comes in and says, I think this is a mistake. He's washed. I don't care if it costs a nickel. He can't play anymore. Doesn't make them better. I, like, really, to my core, really disagree with this. So that's a bold take. Um, And, of course, when you look at the age, right, like, 
Zach Parise's 36. He'll turn 37 in just soon. He's turning 37 in two weeks. Um, so you look at that and you say, oh, man, oh, I don't know about that. But you've got guys like Zidane Chara still out there playing at 44 years old and being effective, right? So I'm not going to say that he's washed. There's obviously the potential for it because of the age. But it's hard to see him go from 61 points two years ago, 46 points in 69 games. Uh, let me do the math on that. 46 divided by 69 times 82. That's a 55-point pace to then go 18 points in 45 games while losing almost four full minutes of average ice time and saying that's washed up. Yeah, and he was pl- He most often played with Benino and Strum. Um so I don't I don't know. And he was still on pace for 33 points. Like I would say I would sign up for even if it was let's call it round number 35 a 35 point season. I, I think he could do better than that. I think he could push close to 20 goals with JG Pajot and Oliver Wallstrom, honestly. So if you put Leo Komarov, Michael Del Cole, Kiefer Bellows, and Ross Johnson together, all four of them are competing for that left wing spot on the third line, right? How many points do you think they had together, all four of them, last year? It can't be good. Let's hear this. It's 16. Jesus. Okay. Parise had 18. So, I, like, I, I don't see how this is, like, not a good thing for the Islanders. If he's, in fact, washed up and, and Mike knows something we don't know, then you know what? Yeah, you're right. This is not going to be good. Although, to be fair, it's not like they're going to go out and sign him to $5 million deal. No, I th- like we said earlier, we think it's going to be a million, a million twenty-five, something like that. There's no reason for Zach Parisi to hold Lula Amarillo hostage, and Lula Amarillo won't be held hostage anyways, and say, like, you need to give me 4 to $5 million. Who's going to say no, jog off. Uh, but also, he's getting paid. He's getting paid. There's no reason for Zach Parise to want more money than than what he's got. He's coming to win if he's coming to play with the Islanders. Right. And if it is, I won't take anything less than $2.5 million, just throwing a number out there. Then you say, okay, we tried. Go somewhere yeah, else. Exactly. We, we've got Lou Komarov at three. We can't afford you a 2.5. Sorry, buddy. Um, but this guy can absolutely, like you said, get 20 goals. He did it two years ago. 25 goals in 69 games, mind you. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it earlier. Lou tried to trade for him a couple of years ago. Now he's sitting out there for nothing. He knows him well from his time in New Jersey. He was willing to move his no-move clause a couple of years ago to come to Long Island. You would think that that's still going to hold true now. Absolutely. It's it's 100% going to hold true. There's no question about it. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when for Zach Parise and the Islanders. Yeah, like, am I crazy here? I usually don't, like, I'm usually not someone who comes out and be like, oh, I guarantee this happens, or I'm very confident this is going to... I am, like, to my I, to my core, I believe he's going to be a New York Islander. Absolutely. I don't know when, but the only reason he doesn't become an Islander is because he wants money, and there's no reason for him to want that. Like, he's not chasing paper anymore. Again, he just saw, he signed for you know nine years ago a four ninety eight million dollar deal. He doesn't need the money. He'll he'll take a million dollars for sure, sure. But like, yeah, a million dollars will pay the bills for me and my family to live comfortably while I still receive monies from the Minnesota Wild until I don't know the sun explodes. Just about, but yeah, I saw that one and I was like. That's an interesting take. Bold, like you said, but I'm I'm not on the same wavelength with him on this one. No, I hope he's wrong, and I'm sure he hopes he's wrong as well. Um, but I, I just, I'm not ready to say that at all. Absolutely. Go ahead, Mitch. What do you got for us this week? Mine comes from Dr. Centrist. It's also on the Zach Parise thing, but it, it's a funny take, oh. or, a, or a joke at least. Uh, at Reverend Bobby it is, and says, who cares about the amount? Just sign Parise to a fair contract. Put him on LTIR and tell him to do push-ups until the playoffs begin. Have we not learned anything this season? <laughs> that's pretty funny. And I thought that was good. Obviously, that doesn't necessarily apply to, to Zach Parise, but the, the joke remains like, yes, let's just stash a player on LTIR the rest of the year, and then off the Magic Dragon, he shows up in the playoffs. Well, I don't know. Could we get like Johnny Boychuk a new eye, like a glass eye? Uh, he can have mine. You could have my brown eye. It's not the great one, but it's it's fine. I need Damn. I need at least one good eye. Come on now. <laughs> Wait, right side dominant or left side dominant? 
I don't even know anymore which one my brown one is. Doesn't matter. Um, my last one actually comes from the Boston Bruins. And it says, Brando is back in black and gold. The NHL, hashtag NHL Bruins, have signed defenseman Brandon Carlo to a six-year extension with a $4.1 million annual cap hit. Now, you might be thinking, well, Matt, why the hell are you bringing up a, a Boston Bruins signing? Why do, why do we care? Well, if you care about Adam Pellick, then you care about this contract. Now, I'm not saying that Adam Pellick is going to get a carbon copy of this contract. I don't think that's true. Adam Pellick is a much better player than Carlo. They are both, though, categorized as defensive defensemen. Now, again, Pellick is more offensive than, than Carlo, but I think we are seeing the floor here and okay he's gonna get at least 4.1 million dollars but i don't think that he's a million dollars a year better than carlo so i don't think it's gonna be going over five million no i i'm with you there i think he's a million dollars better i think he's two million dollars better uh he's worth that much he won't get it though because that's not how it works in the nhl like when you i i had a kind of a similar thing here i was going to bring up jay fresh's um tweet with a player card for Brendan Carlo uh, uh, where you, you look at his and uh, to, to bring it to, to Pellick you look at Brendan Carlo's even strength offense 10% and these are percentiles so he's in the 10th percentile for even strength offense Adam Pellick is 88 even strength defense 82nd percentile pretty good Adam Pellick 99 quality of competition Brendan Carlo, 13th percentile. So he's not facing top quality opponents every night. Adam Pellick, 92%. He's facing the toughest competition night in, night out, and he's still getting you nearly 90% percentile offense at even strength and almost perfect 99% even strength defense. He's way, way, like yards, miles better than Brendan Carlo is at the very same position. So he's worth more. He's just not going to get it because that's not how it works in the NHL. Defensive defensemen don't necessarily no. get paid as well as offensive defensemen. No, they they don't. It's it's very very rare that you see someone get paid to that level, which is why I don't know because I saw I think it was Staple in his um like the what do you call it? It was pretty much like an off season outlook. He had Pelic in in. Two out of the three coming in at five and a half AEV. And then on the last one, he had him coming in at six. I was like, that just seems like that seemed really, really high. But to me, the Carlo one, this indicates to me that it's not going to get that high. That's kind of what I took from this deal. Yeah, exactly. Carlo's younger. He's a right shot defenseman, whereas, you know, Pelic is a left shot. So right, righties tend to, they're a little bit more rarer. Um, Maybe Staple knows something we don't know, uh, and obviously he would be the person. Of too. course, uh, but like six million dollars for Adam Pellick seems like a lot, uh, like a lot, a lot. And I, it's not to say that I don't value him, and it's not to say that I wouldn't sign it. I would gladly sign that any day, all day. It just seems like if he's getting six, what the hell is Ryan Pollock gonna get next year? Yeah, that's a great point. I don't know. I just I'm really at like four, seven, five, five million, somewhere around yeah. there at five years, six years. And we got to keep in mind, these guys want to keep the core together, right? We heard that from Ryan Pollock. We know that Matthew Barzell shared the same sentiments. These guys want to keep the core together. They're not going to, 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 to take a phrase, like put Lou Lamorello over a barrel. They're going to get their monies, but they're not going to say like, I'm taking you to the cleaners. Because they know like, if I take you to the cleaners, you've got to do more dismantling. You do more dismantling, we're probably not winning a cup. No, exactly. So, I don't know. I, I'm i glad we, we were kind of on the same page here with this. We we both went Parise and Carlo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, my, my last one then. I had four. I'm glad I had the four here. Um, this one comes from Greg Wyshynski. I think everyone knows who he is. Oh. Uh, and he says, Pecorino retiring, Ryan Sutter buyout, buyout, sorry, and this Shea Weber news in a 24-hour span is a bit too on-the-nose, hockey gods. Hashtag Preds Trinity. All right, so this yeah. is all the... Nashville Predators heavy um, and not all of them are playing on that team anymore or well have it worked for a while now yeah the, wow that's a great point but it, it is it was a lot of Predators stuff going on yeah well just think of and then there's the whole Matt Duchesne angle as well right <laughs> wow oh my god wow great point right where they're not going to protect him 
uh, they're not going to be selecting him, they being Seattle. They're not going to select Matt Duchesne because he's just now bounced around to, what, Colorado, Ottawa, Columbus, Nashville, four teams over the last couple of years, and every stop has not necessarily been a good one for him. No, um, that's for sure. And now Nashville looks to be kicking themselves a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, Which is why they had to move... Um, oh God, I forgot his name. Or I want to say Forsberg, but it's not him. Please help me here. They oh, traded him to oh, Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Give me Arvidsson. There it is. Arvidsson. I don't know why I was going to say Fiala, but I know. I kept wanting to say Anisimov. I had the A at least, but even then, I was way off. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was my last one for the social segment. There you go. So before we go, a couple of plugs. Uh, wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review that could really help us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could also download the fan sided app and get us on there or visit the website, eyesonisles.com. And of course, make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you a mailbag show, post-game shows after each and every single game. During the off-season, we do deep dives on various topics. So we're in our summer camp series right now. It's a ton of fun over there. Uh, Discord. What else am I missing over there? The mailbag. The mailbag, We've got yes. Twenty questions on the mailbag for this week, buddy. First oh. one is about NHL, NFL deals, and how restructuring deals applies to the NHL. Oh, interesting. First one on the dock. Boom. That's what you're getting over on the Patreon during the mailbag. Lots of stuff. That's going to do it for us on episode 204. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said. Done.